join. Okay, good morning, podcasters. Welcome to Sexual Predators. I'm your host, Kathy Cassidy, and I'm a clinical forensic therapist. Today, we're going to be interviewing uh, someone by the name of Oscar, and he is a convicted uh, sex offender who is willing to share his story of his sex crime and the purpose of this is to help people learn and understand more about sex offenders and their crimes and different things uh, that follow along with that. So we will welcome our, our guest. His name is Oscar, and that is, um, for privacy reasons, we did change his name. So today you will be Oscar. Welcome, and thank you for joining. You're welcome. So uh, this is round two because our first one got deleted. So again, another appreciation for starting over. So can you tell us a little about just your, how old are you right now? I'm uh, 81 years old. Okay, you're 81. And how old were you when you were arrested for your sex crime? Uh, 73. Okay. And what were you charged with? Well, I don't remember the technical names. You probably know them better than I do. There were two young granddaughters involved. One at the time I was um, the time I was arrested, I believe she was ten, and it had been going on for a couple of years, and I'm vague there, not because I'm trying to hide anything, just because I don't remember how long it went on. The younger, okay. one, the younger one was five or six, and that had not been going on as long. That started after the old After one, the first one. After the first okay. One. So we'll just get right into how things developed. So... You were married at the time, right? I was married at the time. That's correct. We were married for 48 or 49 years. I don't remember which. Okay. And you had how many children with your wife? Two, two boys. Okay. And each was you married. had two boys. Each was married. And each had two children. Uh, okay. And the uh, one boy... Had a boy and a girl, and the other boy and his wife had two two girls, both younger okay. than either of the first grandchildren. Okay, so you're married forty nine years. You have two adult children at the time of the start of the sex crimes, and then you also had a successful career. For how many years did you work in your career? Well, I had two or three different positions. Uh, I don't want to describe them, but I, I, I yeah, got, that's okay. I got out of graduate school in nine. No, I got out of undergraduate school in 1961, so that would be 31, 41, 31. What is it? It's 39, 49. About I, I've been working at that time for about. 
when I went to prison for about 50 years. About 50 years. So did you have a master's degree or a bachelor's? I, I originally got out with a bachelor's. I went to work for either two or four years, and then I went back and got a master's. Okay. So you have a master's degree, stable career, successful financially. And you've mentioned how did you feel about satisfaction from your career? I was not very happy other than for the financial stability and amount that it provided me. I didn't think I was contributing anything to anybody. Um, so I really wasn't. What do you happy. mean? Like on a humanitarian level? Yeah. yeah or, okay. Yeah. Okay, so you're basically, you know, going to work, living kind of a robotic sort of life, yes. being the, the breadwinner, your wife stayed home, right? Well, she stayed home, she would, no, she was, from the time we first got married, she was a, uh, she had a job. Okay. She was a school teacher, and I don't remember when she quit that, but when she, she quit that, I think when our first child was born. And uh, okay. after our first child uh, was able to be with somebody other than her, I, she went back and got an, another job. And how would you describe, like, before the uh, molestation with your grandkids, your granddaughters, how would you describe your marriage through all the years? Just a couple words to describe it. I've come to some conclusions about that also. I I don't think we were really in love with each other. At, at, maybe we were in the beginning. Uh, I think we both just felt like it was something we had to continue, probably for the sake of the kids, but it, it continued on even after the kids were out of the house. Did you guys, did you get along well? Did you have a friendship? We got along adequately, I would say. I hope she never hears this, because I don't really yeah. know. I don't know what she thought. I'm not, other, yeah. than, other than talking a lot now, I think that has all changed since I've been in prison. I've never been a great communicator. Okay. So would, do you, would you, you wouldn't call your, your relationship close? No, I don't. Unfortunately, I don't think so. I think I did a good job of putting her down quite a bit. And I feel guilty okay. about that. That's Excuse me. Okay. So you weren't very close. However, as a family unit, you guys were close. You spent a lot of time together, Absolute, right? Absolutely. <clears throat> Sorry. I'm going to be clearing my throat all the time. Um, okay, so what did that, so then you, you have your kids, you live this, like we talked about before, this kind of from the outside might look like the American dream, the stable family, successful income, you had a nice home, uh, you had kids, you did family things together as your kids grew up, they had kids. Each of your kids had two children, right? Right. Three all together. There were three girls and one boy. Is that right? That's correct. 
okay. So how did this come about? Um, you molested, just to start out with the molestation, you molested two girls of the four grandchildren, right? That's correct. Okay. So tell us about the first, the first granddaughter that you, how that came about that you started sexually molesting her. They, um, all of the grandkids, as time progressed, uh, we're, we're back now in, um, I don't remember the exact time, but what the older son who had a son and a daughter, those kids started sleeping over at our house as well as spending time with us otherwise, but they slept over uh -huh. at our house, I'm guessing at least a couple times a month. And um, I would put them both to bed when it was time to go to bed. I'd read, I'd go to the older boy, he'd Actually, I don't know. He slept over by himself first before she was old enough to sleep over. And I would put him to bed and read him a story and put him to bed. Um, and nothing ever happened with the boy, right? Nothing ever happened with the boy, no. Okay. Um, when, so, when she started sleeping over, as I recall, I would start putting her to bed first and read her a story and say goodnight. And then I'd put him to bed and read him a story. And for whatever period of time it was, and I don't remember how long, but it was more than three or four years, uh, nothing happened with regard to sexual activities. Um, at some point, and I honestly don't remember, um, I know that I would always rub their shoulders or their arms while I was reading mm -hmm. both the boy and the girl. Um, okay. And I think at some point I just decided to start fondling her other than her arms and shoulders in her genitals. And again, I, I'm at a fog at a loss to describe how, that I, I can't remember specifically it's starting. Um, How old was she around when it started? I would say seven or eight. And I'm okay. pretty sure she was about 10 when I was confronted and then arrested. Okay. So it would be, was it the same ritual during the abuse? Bedtime, well, <clears throat> bedtime, story time, fondling. Yes. Yeah. Were there any, and what, what did you mention when you were fondling her? Uh, how would she respond? She had a handheld gaming device, which again, may not have been all the time, but most of the time she would be playing with that. I, by the way, I also fondled her while she was watching television. I would get up with them. At, we didn't let them get up before 7 in the morning when they slept over. And I would either give them 
some juice and some food to eat in their hand while they watched television, and then I'd make them breakfast while they were watching television. I would sit down next to her, fondle her there also. But she was engrossed in television at that time. So what were you thinking? What were you thinking that she was thinking? Probably, I, I honestly can't remember. I, I know that I had some thoughts at some times that if she was enjoying this or accepting it, why was she so busy doing other things? And then I would think I shouldn't be doing this. And I don't think I can ever remember saying to myself, but sitting here in retrospect, um, I must have said, well, she's not screaming, she's not hurt, and I'm not hurting her, I think. Okay. So you felt like, do you still feel like you weren't hurting her? I am 90% certain I wasn't hurting her physically. Um, okay. And that's, what about emotionally? Well, I, I didn't think about that. And I think I purposely didn't think about that. Um, but that's probably just a, a, a point of uh, rationalization, a, a way to allow myself to con continue doing it <clears throat> while yeah. I knew it wasn't right to be doing it. And you mentioned in the interview that got deleted by accident, um, what was your thought process about the story time? Because I think you mentioned that she, like what made you think that she either wanted you to continue fondling her or enjoyed it in regards to story time or bedtime? Well, the only thing I can say there is that she, to my recollection, when it was time to go to bed, she'd always come to me, grab my hand, and say, come on, Papa, read me a story. I don't think anything mm -hmm. happened during the fondling time when I was fondling her when she said anything positive. What do you mean? Well, I mean, she didn't ever say, I like that, or it's great, or anything. Mm -hmm. she, she mostly ignored me while I was doing it, which... I honestly said to myself, I don't understand this, but I continued doing it anyway. Okay. But when, so in your mind, when she, because she kept asking you to read her stories through the years, what did that mean? That, that meant that, I, you know, I, I said it then and I say it now. I don't understand it, but I'll accept it as a, an invitation. Okay. And that was kind of obviously I'm baiting you because I, I already know this information, so I'm, I'm trying to I know, and frame I it up that. in a way. I don't mm -hmm. remember what I said before. In no, the that's exactly it. You, you viewed it because she knew, your granddaughter knew it was part of the ritual in your mind. I, and absolutely. by her inviting or requesting you to read her story, that meant in your mind that she wanted you to fondle her. Or I, I don't right? know that I ever came to the conclusion of wanting. I came to the conclusion of accepting. Mm 
Right. That's right. I remember that was definitely your word. So she must be accepting it if she's still asking for a story because she knows that that's part of it. Yes. Now, let me interject something here. This is now eight years that I haven't seen anybody in my family. And as far as I know, she's still in therapy. She's Mm -hmm. having. And we'll get. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, we'll get to like how you view it now. But this is kind of, we're just focusing right now on how you were thinking and feeling during, during the abuse. Mm -hmm. Okay. So were there any, so you would fondle her during story time while she was watching TV? Any, were there any other times? I can remember one time I did it at their house in their living room. And everybody was there. I don't know why that time stands out in my mind, but it does. Um, Where was everybody? In the kitchen. They were in the kitchen. I was in the living room with her. So about uh, how many feet away? Well, it's uh, probably 40 feet, 50 feet. Well, wait a minute. Uh, 40, 50 feet. Okay, so everybody was home right there. And this is what I want people to know is they, a lot of people think that abuse only happens when the perpetrator is alone with the child, when in fact that's the furthest from the truth, not just in your case, but in a lot of cases. The family's right there. Yeah. Um, and then in your situation with the bedroom routine, with the story time, was your wife home? My wife was home. Um, okay. We always closed the door to the bedroom. Though, and, and by the way, if the door had been open, there was line of sight from where she would be sitting to the bedroom. So we closed it. I closed the door. I don't, again, she would close the door. I don't remember whether she, the, the girl ever did it or not. You know, the girl, your granddaughter? Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> try to edit that out okay so wife was home the brother was also he was sleeping in another room right he was probably still up watching television okay so people were home because he he went to sleep after she did he he was two years older than she was but they didn't sleep in the same room right that's correct okay okay so then when did you start molesting? Well, wait, hang on. Before we go to the little sister, what would you describe your relationship like with that, with the particular granddaughter that you molested? I, you know, I can't tell you for sure what was in her mind, but I can tell you I loved her. And you can say, how can you love somebody if you do something like that? And I don't have an answer for that. I thought I loved her. Uh, um, mm-hmm. I think she loved me. I think I remember being told during the period after I got caught, but before I was arrested and put in jail, um, I think I was told that when her mother told her that she couldn't see me, it it may have been when she told both of them, the boy and the girl, the boy who wasn't molested. One of them said, but he's my best friend. Again, I don't remember if it was the boy that said that or the girl that said that. Mm-hmm. 
but I'm so sure when you, I'm sure they loved us as as any youngster would love a, a doting grandparent. So the doting, did you treat her different than you treated the other grandkids? Well, the two that were in the other family, they're obviously treated differently. They were both born later. Uh, they would, we, they came over at different times. I can tell you that when, well, when they came over, I guess the answer is somewhat yes. When they came over for holiday dinners or even when we were all together for dinner on a normal Sunday, the young girl, the older girl, the one that was molested first, would always sit right next to me at the table, as well as a younger boy sitting at the other side of me at the table. Uh, the boy mm -hmm. sat in my wife, what was my wife's seat, but my wife would move, move to a different spot. But so, yeah, they got treated differently, but. But I'm talking about that particular granddaughter. Did you do any, did you did I buy her things? Did you I, I tell her she was special? Did you do anything different I, I, with her? I did not. Tell her she was. I don't remember ever saying anything like "you're special." Um, we bought stuff for all the kids. I was not. I may have been with my wife when she went shopping with the girl once in a while. Uh, we did together buy them a lot of stuff. Did we buy more for them than we did? For the younger kids, I think the answer is yes, but I think that's because they were older and getting, you know, into big boy, big girl clothes, big boy clothes. Um, every, but nothing every, every, specific every, to every, her. Every first experience I found to be a marvelous experience. Uh, the first time we took him out to dinner, the first time we went shopping and bought her big girl clothes. Um, and then when it was time for the, my, my second, my son, my second son has always been in my mind, getting the second child treatment, uh, which is not as good as the first child treatment. So when I did okay. things, when we did things with the younger two girls from the other family, it wasn't the first time. So it wasn't mm -hmm. as exciting for us. For me or my wife, although we didn't talk about it, but I know. Right. So I, I got to believe that we did treat them differently. I, I think I remember my younger son complaining about it, not with the grandkids, but with him and his brother, that he didn't get uh -huh. the same treatment as his brother got. Um, so again, I may be making excuses, but I think that that's a natural thing. But when we were together, I don't think I treated one any different than the other. Okay. So you didn't, other than spending more time with that granddaughter, you didn't buy her things. You didn't give her specifically, not her brother, her specifically anything extra or different. I, I certainly didn't. Okay. If, if my wife did, she, we, again, we as a, as a, grandparent couple probably spent more money on her than 
than on the other one, but she was with us more often. I mean, when they okay. when they slept over for the weekend, my wife would very often take her by themselves out shopping because I didn't want to go shopping. I hate shopping. Uh, and okay. my, my grandson and I would do something. But did I? So how did when when the molestation started? How did you know she wasn't going to tell? I didn't. I did have. Were you scared? A, a couple times, I I had thoughts of what would happen if she told. But as time went on and there was no telling, um, oh, I, I think one time, and I've already told you this, although you may or may not remember. I um, I was doing something wrong, and she was and she. My wife went to a bridge, uh, play bridge over the weekend, mm-hmm. and I had the kids come over and sleep over. Which, of course, their parents were very happy. It gave them a free time out, and I had the girl rather than messing up her bed, I had her sleep with me in my bed. It was a big king size bed. Uh, was that the real reason? No, of course not. What was the real reason? The real reason so that I could molest her or fondle her. Uh-huh. Right. Um, and I, I, she, I, I guess my actions kept her up quite a bit of the night. I should not have done that. I should not even be. You mean? Are you talking still about the same granddaughter? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you were so kept her up fondling her. her through the night yeah and she told her how many hours did that go on probably five or six not 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 constant five or six hours but over a period of five or six hours i did it a number of times and what would you do i would rubber vagina okay did you ever insert anything in in her body? If the only thing I inserted, if at all, was my finger. Um, okay. I never used any other anything else. And okay. The, and ne- the next day she was she was um, very tired, and her mother asked her why she was tired, and my granddaughter told her. And my son called me crying. Your granddaughter told her what? Told her that Grandpa did things to her at night and kept her up. Okay. And, I was, and that was the first time she ever told. The first and as far as I know, the only time. And my son okay. did not personally confronted me, but he did on the phone. And somehow I talked my way out of it. And they believed you. I don't know whether he believed me, but he, he, he acted like he believed me, yes. Did you let her come over after that? Yeah, I, I, as far as I can recall, um, there was no change in our relationship after that. So she was, <clears throat> she was still allowed to sleep over. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and I think okay. that's, I think that's one of the biggest things that I can understand why they hate me, because I lied to them. I mean, in addition to lying to him by doing it, lying to his face probably hurts. Yeah. Probably hurts pretty bad. 
So when they confronted you, how did you feel? Scared to death. Mm-hmm. But did you and, keep doing it after that or did you yeah, stop? Yeah, and I, I kept doing it after that. And I asked myself, how can you keep doing this? And I don't and What did you I, say? I must have said, I don't know what I said. I don't remember having a converse, real conversation with myself, but I continued doing it. And how did you feel when you saw your granddaughter after she told, did you confront her? No, just ignored it and went on with life. And did, did they talk to your wife about it when they confronted you? I don't know the, I don't remember the answer to that. I, I, I don't remember my wife ever confronting me. Okay. I, I don't, I, I honestly don't remember. Maybe okay. I might be putting it out of my mind, but I, but either way, I mean, and I just want that out there for the sake of like that this was brought the little your granddaughter did try to tell her parents. Well, well she didn't try. She, she did tell them. She did tell they them called you. Right. And and you denied it and they chose to believe it. I'm well, guessing believe it or I whatever words. I didn't actually deny it. I said she may have been imagining or I may have turned over in my sleep and my hand rested on her. I mean, you know, I said all kinds of things like that. Uh, and, okay. So whatever to, you said, so I didn't, I didn't they... make her, I didn't make her a liar. I tried to give an alternative explanation for it. For something. And this is the key to a lot of, um, a lot of pedophiles, which is, Turning usual things like bath time, bedtime, story time, sleep time, all sorts of things that are typical they, and times of abuse that occur during those normal occurrences and they turn them into abuse, but they're easily explainable by that it happened. It could have happened by accident, yeah. right? Yes. Okay. So the point that I want you know, the listeners to hear is that, uh, your, your granddaughter did tell and your son confronted you, you gave, um, kind of explained it away by maybe accident. And he chose to still bring her around and let her sleep over and the abuse continued. Right. Okay. So this particular granddaughter, you mentioned, before that you found her to be more physically attractive than the other grandkids? Yes, because she was, I mean, I think the reason for that is that she was eight years old and the other one was five years old. And I, well, I, I yes. What I, does that mean? Well, because uh, to most people, either age is still very young. No, you're absolutely right. Um, I guess physical attractiveness, which is not necessarily a sexual thing, people change as they get older. She became a, I guess she became a human being more to me than she was or than her cousin is at that time. Um, she became more of a person. You could talk to him, you could take him out to dinner. Um, did you relate to her on a different level than you did, say, your wife? 
Well, I don't know how to answer that. Of course, I, I, the only way I can answer that is, of course, she was a child, and my wife was a an adult woman with a lot more experiences in life. You, you definitely mm -hmm. so, relate to people differently like that. Right, and so did that feel like a better connection? No. Did you prefer that connection? For the time that I was doing it, it, it wasn't, but it wasn't one or the other. I mean, ha had I gone off with her and, and and left the country or left the state with her, that would have been a different story. But this was additive. It wasn't instead of. Uh, yeah, I understood. But I'm saying so uh, a lot of adults who molest kids, which you know, essentially are pedophiles. Um, they prefer the connection with a child. They feel safer. They feel more accepted. They feel not judged. And so there's a different mindset for adults who connect with kids. Did you feel that well, type of feeling with her? I, I, I honestly don't have a recollection of feeling like that but on that point i was always i was a uh, i was a uh, at our synagogue our temple they like most religious organizations we had a youth group and i because i was on the board of directors and this might be scary but it wasn't nothing ever happened um, i was in charge of the tween group at the temple and I found I enjoyed being around kids more than I enjoyed being around adults. And uh, that was exactly kind of what I was getting to, I, but you said I, it better. But, um, but the point is, I never had, I never did anything, and I never had a thought about doing anything. To those what kids. did you enjoy more? Okay, I want to say a couple of things. One is that you were in a trusted position within your synagogue, you were on the board of directors and you were, what was your reputation in your synagogue? I, I, I have no idea. You'd have to ask some of my compatriots. I, I don't know the answer to that. Well, what do you think it was? Were you in a trusted position? Well, obviously. Otherwise, okay. I, wouldn't, I, I couldn't have been. And by the way, I, I also have to say my father was in charge of the youth group and I, or one of the people in charge of the youth group at the temple I was at when I was growing up. So I wanted to emulate, I was proud of him and I wanted to emulate him. Um, okay. So what, what, what did others think of me? What does that, what does your friends think of you? I, I don't know the answer to that. Well, I mean, you can tell, most people can tell if you're in a position of authority or um, a higher up position, especially in a religious organization typically people are going to have a different amount of respect for you. They're going to turn to you. They're going to put you on a higher sort of uh, pedestal, for lack of a better word, because you're in this position. You're right. There is a, in my mind, well, I don't know that I believe this. I was going to say, in my mind, people who are on the board are, in my mind, more respected people than just the normal members of the congregation. 
but that's not really right. true. But that's not true. I mean, that may okay. that, that may be the impression that textbooks talk about, but I don't think that's true. There are plenty of people well, who weren't on the board who were highly respected people. So who weren't highly respected? No, who were? There were people who were not on the board. Who were oh, mm -hmm. in fact, some people. Right. Some people think that. People waste their time doing that. They should just enjoy the benefits of the organization they're in and don't want to be bothered by doing anything extra. Okay. So, but yeah. I mean, what Typically about people that are on a board or your, your boss, anyone in a position of a higher level than the rest of the members typically get a different level of respect or are viewed in a different way. Well, I think my, my own feeling is that many, many, many people who take those positions take those positions in order so that they feel like they're more respected. Yes, agreed. That could be part of it. I mean, and I've always okay, felt... so you... Oh, go ahead. So you were in charge of the tweens, which is what age group? 11 to 13 11 or, or something? 13 or 14, yes. Is that when you first realized when you were in that position that you were really enjoying being around kids more than adults? No, or never, did you realize I that never, before? I never...
Okay, we're back for part two. So you were starting to say that you didn't really have thoughts of, of, of any sexual thoughts of children, but you did notice that you were having thoughts of like teenagers, 16, 17, 18. Yes, I guess. I mean, I've had thoughts when I see some things on television or when I see some ads or when I see a pretty girl out on the street somewhere. I've and what had, kind of thoughts do you have? I have thoughts of, as I say, I, I've self-analyzed that I may be a voyeur enjoying looking at things because I've done an awful lot of pornography. But I always mm -hmm. thought that that was a, a good release that's kept me from doing other things. I never really thought, like, like you've asked me in the past, when I was really down low, uh, if I thought of suicide. And I said, that's not the right question to ask. I've thought about being not alive often, but I could never mm -hmm. commit suicide. Same thing so did you trying to describe okay. it. I don't see myself as being in physically entwined with these females I'm looking at. There was an old song, and I know I've said this to you before. There's an old song back from the 50s, standing on the corner watching all the girls go by. That, to me, is a typical male trait and not one that necessarily reflects a sexually deviant person. Uh, I don't know how to... I, I agree. I don't know it, how to it, differentiate it, that. But so Well, the way to differentiate it is by the age. You know, if they're eight years old, that's, you know, obvious. I don't know if you know it's obvious, but if they're a little child, that is a sexual deviant Thought. deviance meaning off the norm, off of our society's norm. To find a, a, a two-year-old, a five-year-old, an eight-year-old, a 12-year-old attractive isn't accepted in our society. So it's called deviance because well, wait, it's out you, of the norm. You, you, you didn't mean to, but you misspoke. You said to find any one of these two, four, six, eight, ten-year-old girls attractive is sexually attractive. You didn't say that's my point. You didn't say sexually attractive. I find my granddaughter, the older one, to be attractive. I never mm -hmm. thought of it as a sexual attraction, mainly because but, I never thought of having intercourse. Um, okay, so you define sexual attraction as intercourse. I, I, yes. And I'm, really, I'm willing fondling. to accept I'm willing to accept another definition if somebody wants to tell me there's a different definition. Uh, I, I will accept it. But that isn't what well, I was thinking. Or what mm -hmm. I don't think when I see a, a pretty girl of course I'm now picking an age. I mean an adult woman walking down the street and her skirt flies up. Uh, I find that enjoyable, but I think more it's more enjoyable because I'm doing or seeing something I'm not supposed to see. So I'm getting away 
to something. Uh, but I don't think of it as and, a sexual terms. So you like the thought of getting away with something? Is that I, part I, of? I think so. I think that's okay. something I've self-analyzed myself over the eight years okay. in prison. Okay. And then, so if you were to see a 24-year-old lady's skirt grow, uh, blow up, that would be sexually stimulating. If you were to see an eight-year-old skirt blow up, how would you feel? I, again, you say sexually stimulating. I say enjoyable. I don't know whether it's sexually enjoyable or sexually stimulating. Um, but is it the same feeling as if it were a 25-year-old, as if it were an eight-year-old? I think so. Okay. I think so. I mean, I, I look at ads, I, I see ads on television all the time, and I find myself looking where I shouldn't be looking for enjoyment. Of what age? But, but all ages. I, I, I mean, and, and now, since this is going, since I've been in prison, uh, and since <clears throat> my family is going through what it's going through, I feel guilty about it now. I never did before. Uh, uh -huh. But I don't think it's, I mean, I don't know how to define this. I don't think it's properly defined as sexually stimulating. I mean, I don't find the need to go and masturbate um, when I see a skirt blow up. Or well, what, I, are you, what are you thinking? What's the thought? The thought is, I'm seeing, I'm enjoying seeing this period you're enjoying seeing something you shouldn't see well i don't know if it even has to go that far i'm well you said like getting away with something yeah well that's with in some cases yes okay but in okay. some cases no um i i can't explain it i I'm that's not, okay not a trained psychologist that's okay so back to your little, the younger granddaughter. So how long did that go on with her? I, I honestly don't remember. I don't remember when it started. I obviously know when it stopped. How old was she when it stopped? Well, if my oldest granddaughter was 10, oh, wait a minute. It, it ended in 2012. Granddaughter, oldest granddaughter was born in 2002, I think. So that made her 10 years old. I would guess my younger granddaughter was six, maybe, I, I, when, when it started. I don't, I honestly don't remember. Or six. You mean when it stopped? When it stopped. Six or six. Okay. Yes, six or seven. When so it stopped. both of them. Okay. So hang, I help me with the math a little. I know that you don't remember exactly either. The oldest granddaughter started when she was around eight and it stopped at around 10. That, the youngest granddaughter started around two, three, or four. Uh, probably and five, maybe. Uh, when it started? Yeah, I guess. I, 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 it's hard for me to remember. But I, I, it was after diapers and before kindergarten, so somewhere yeah. between two and four. Yeah, I would guess. And it stopped when she was, what age? I'm sorry, <clears throat> five? Five or six. 
Okay. So it went on for about three years or so. Is that I, fair? I think that's too long for the younger one. Okay. Because one to stopped, two years? Yeah, one to two years, I would say. Okay. And both of them, it went on, this went on on a almost a weekly basis, like three times a month they slept over? Uh, the, the older one. The younger one, not as much. I don't think. How it, often would you say that occurred well, she, with the younger one? I don't remember that they slept over very often. They did once in a while, but not on such a regular basis. Um, the younger one happened more when we were at their house for dinner. And after dinner, my, my son, I'm giving away too much information here. But my son, well, just block off what you need to. Um, the the two mother, my wife and daughter-in-law took the youngest granddaughter up to be bathed, and the older one would stay downstairs and watch television, and that's when that mm -hmm. happened mostly. With the older one. Yeah. With, with the older one of that family. Oh, but the younger granddaughter. Okay. The younger granddaughter of the two that I molested. Okay. So it would happen mostly when you were at their house with the whole family home, having dinner, a normal family event, everyone there. And how did they not see what was going on? They were upstairs giving the younger granddaughter a bath in preparation for going to bed. Okay, so there was nobody downstairs with you? That's correct. And how far away were they from you? Well, they were up on the second floor. Okay. Were you ever scared they were going to catch you? Mm, I don't think I felt that because I thought I would hear them. Okay. And so how did, and with the younger granddaughter, did you do the exact same thing, the Inserting your finger, touching her vagina. Yes, I don't. Again, did I, you? I don't know about inserting. I, I, I mean, I, in effect, admitted that because I pleaded guilty to what was charged, but I but you don't, don't remember actually feeling my finger inside. Okay. Um, did you ever touch it? Have them touch your body? No. Did you ever put your mouth on any part of their body, yes. either of them? Yes. You did? Yes. Okay, so you, there was oral. Not hers, yes, there was oral. With the older with one? the older one, yes. Okay. And what? how come you didn't do that to the younger one? <laughs> it, I guess the... The words that were going to come out of my mouth was that would be sickening, but I know the whole thing is sickening. But for some reason in my mind, there was a difference. What, what was the difference? I don't know. Maybe because it was, she was too young. I don't know. Okay. And so before with the older one, I didn't, I don't think in all of the years that I've worked with you and known you, I don't think I knew that there was anything oral between it didn't, it didn't like happen, of you doing it didn't happen very often i don't know why it didn't happen more often or why it happened 
less. I mean, I, I just don't know. Maybe I was okay. afraid to do it. Maybe it was a, a, a step too far. I, I can't answer that. How many times do you think you did that to the older granddaughter? Maybe three. Okay. Three times in the in, four years? Yeah. Again, I'm... And then to... I remember from our work together, you mentioning um, that there was an incident, I believe it was the older granddaughter, where you had her in the shower and your wife walked in? Um, we showered together. First of all, started with my grandson. We showered together. I don't know whether I instigated it or he instigated it, but we showered together quite often. Uh, or I would shower at the same time he would. Um, and it just naturally progressed when the old, younger, when his sister was sleeping over also. We, the, the oldest granddaughter. The oldest granddaughter. The youngest person in that family. Um, Got it. She would just join in with us. So it became common for us to shower together. And your wife was, your wife knew about that. My wife knew about that. We didn't, and then, and by the way, other, this is molesting, I know, because of the intent, but whereas I would wash my son, his hair, my grandson, his hair and his back, I wouldn't wash his privates, but I did with the girl. In front of the son? In front of the son, yeah. Oh, the grandson? Wow. Yes. Okay. And so when make, you... I tried to make it look as ordinary as possible. That is the key feature right there. Yep, absolutely. I, I understand. And that. so, and, and, and I'm glad you do understand that. And that's something I try in my videos and work to explain to people how... Child molesters use these ordinary times to molest where it is in front of other people or it's very hard for a child to articulate what is happening because the offender can easily explain it away that they were just washing them. Right. But when you were washing her, what were you doing? Well, I think you want me to say I was molesting her. Um, well, I mean, physically, what I know you were molesting her, but what were you doing? Rubbing her wherever the soap bar of soap was. I mean, it, I don't know how to answer that. When you wash somebody, I mean, you run your hands over their body. Were you washing her vagina with oh, your yes. hands? Yes. And her, were you and using her? a washcloth? I don't think so, but I, I, I'm pretty sure not. I know, I've, right. I've never used washcloths myself. So there may not so his hand, yes. skin to skin contact. Yes. yes. Um, and then I'm sorry, I was talking at the same time. You said you rub, you washed her vagina with your hand, and then you started to say, "And did and, you rub to her, her butt?" Her butt, yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you ever insert your finger during yes. that time in anywhere? Okay. In the butt, yes. You that, did that in front of her brother. I don't remember whether this was, and again, it was multiple times, but not, not every time. 
Um, I he may have been out of the shower by then. I don't recall. So he would get out first, and yeah. then you would. And did, and didn't you say a long time ago that your wife confronted you about something with the showering at one point, even though she knew you guys were showering together? I, I like I don't. A, I don't remember saying it, although I don't deny it, and I don't remember her ever confronting me about it. She may have, but I, oh. again, I don't remember. I just remember it from our work years ago that she, you know, like you said, she told you you shouldn't be doing that. That may be the case. I don't deny it, but I don't, I don't have a recollection of it. And the reason, sorry, that I bring that up is Again, you know, when I'm doing any of the educational videos or podcasts, because there are so many partners and it's not their fault because they're not the abuser, but they do play a role, you know, that your wife, she did know and she did nothing. Well, she thought she probably thought it wasn't, it wasn't molestation. She probably thought. Uh, but she was probably trying if if that happened and again I don't want to be a denier but I honestly don't remember but if she did it I'm sure she did it with the best of intent to stop something that might turn into something bad later on but you think that she thought it was normal for you to be in the shower with your grandkids being I don't know if she at the it. latest age 10 and 12 I, I, I don't know that she thought it was normal, but I think she thought it was okay. Yeah, and that's a problem, you know. That That's really a problem. Um, and, and she's not alone. There's a lot of women or men who see things that aren't right, whatever, however you want to frame it up, whatever language, they know that's not right. But they did nothing to protect or intervene right. with the victims. Right. And and I'm not taking the blame off of you, but you know, there are other people that knew about this and that's really common and it's really pretty not okay. But uh, to say the least, you know, because your son did confront you, your wife did see this happening. Um, your granddaughter did come at some point with the bravery and tell what was happening, and they still let you have access. Yep. Right. And and didn't do anything. So tell me then, how did it come out that you got caught? I think I told you that already. My, my... I don't. I don't know if it recording that got deleted. So if um, it if they, if it is still in here, we can just re-say it. It's okay. It's okay. Um, as I told you, my youngest granddaughter at some point and it may not have been at the very beginning but at some point she asked me to rub her uh, she called it her butt and I did and but it was her vagina it was her vagina and at one at the night before I was confronted at her own house when she was there alone with her mother and maybe her father and her sister, but I mean, we weren't there. She asked her mother to rub her the way grandpa does. Uh -huh. And that's what caused the four 
the, the two sons and his daughters-in-law to come over the next day and confront me. Saturday, and, March 11th, 2012. And did you admit it when they confronted you? Yes. And then what happened? <laughs> Everybody started crying and, and yelling a little bit. And eventually they walked out of the house. And then what happened? Well, then my wife and I lived together for three, four days. Oh, no, not lived together. She moved out to a neighbor's, a friend's house down the block. That day, same day? Yeah, that same day. And then I think two or three days later, it told me to get out. And I did. <clears throat> and then what? And then I, one of my friends who's a real estate agent, found me an apartment, found an apartment that was available, and I went and rented it. And then I was arrested, although the lawyer that I hired arranged so that the cops didn't come and get me. I presented myself at the police station. How soon after they confronted you did you turn yourself in? Well... Immediately after they confronted me that day, I called a friend who recommended a lawyer who I got in touch with. I continued working because I didn't tell my boss for a while. And eventually I told him, and then eventually he kicked me out of there. Um, what was your question? Oh, how how, so... Did they call the police? Did your kids call the police that day? Like, how soon I after? I don't believe they called the police. I believe, and I don't know this since I'm not a part of it, I believe they called the Department of Family Services. And, of course, <laughs> those people, um, uh, I think, were the ones who called the police. And, by the way, um, something I should say, to anybody that's listening to this, um, there is a number of websites that are help websites. And I called one of them to see if I could get counseling. And I found out later that they called the police immediately. So the help websites uh, are, are not help websites. Uh, they call the police because they, like you, are... Course, mandated reporters. Yeah. Mandated reporters, but they're only mandated reporters if they think something is going to happen, not that something. Or I guess you're supposed to report if you learn of something that was done that hasn't been reported. So, yeah. But I told them that it had been, well, I don't know that I told them because I don't know that I knew it was reported. Anyway. When I called and asked them about somebody to talk to, um, they immediately called the police on me. Okay. So that's how, you, that's how, how did you find out you had charges against you if the police didn't come to your house and I, arrest you? I, I got, as I said, I hired a lawyer uh -huh. and he got in touch with both. There were two cities where these things could have been, uh, Done that were they were done and I could have been prosecuted, 
he called both and found out which one was handling it. And he arranged for me to present myself at a certain time. Okay. Which I did. Okay. So then the one good uh, thing the when, one good thing he did for me. What so when you turned yourself in, did they arrest you? I I don't know that they physically said you're arrested, but they did all the things that one does when somebody gets arrested. They fingerprinted you... me. They fingerprinted mm -hmm. me. They took pictures of me front, right, and left, and filled mm -hmm. out a lot of forms. And how are you feeling during all that? Oh, this is my first experience with the police. Feeling lower than a toenail. Yeah. Were you feeling lower than a toenail because of what was happening to you? At that point, yes. <clears throat> okay. And so then you get arrested. And at that, by the you... way, at that point, I still didn't think that anything I had done would cause what happened from then on to happen, uh, but it did, so. You mean going to prison? No, I, well, yes, I mean that, but no, I mean more that my daughter, my granddaughter would develop P PTSD, uh, so I've been told, and that the family would be in such shattered status Again, I will, uh -huh. I will point out whether I was logical or not logical or right or wrong. This has been going on for two or three years, and my granddaughter did not display, to my knowledge, any signs of being mentally hurt by what I had done. And I knew I hadn't <laughs> physically hurt her. So, so in your mind, you felt like nothing that you had done to the girls, your granddaughters, sexually affected them in a negative way? At that point in time, I was thinking that, yes. Okay. Uh, and now what do you think? Well, to be honest with you, I think that had their parents let life go on the way it was without assuming that I could have stopped, which I know is a big assumption, um, I don't think they would be in the situation they're in right now. In other words, so you, I think mm -hmm. that the actions that were taken by people other than me had a major contributing factor in the problems everybody is going through right now. Do you think their trauma is more from Not more the police? From, I, won't, I won't. You know, when, when a... Uh, when a... Uh, avalanche happens and it pushes cars into other cars and people what's the cause of the damage is it the avalanche that started or is it the fact that there was a car in the wrong place what i'm trying to say in a chain of events who's to say what the cause is now, the I am the ultimate cause of starting the avalanche. There's no question about that. But if people had taken a different stance 
And maybe it's not right to think that they should have. I, I don't know. But if people had taken a different stance, the outcome might be different. And so I think also what's important to say is from that day forward, from the day they confronted you, you lost your entire family, abandoned you. Yes. Right? Yes. You have no contact with any family member since that day, and it's been how many years now? Well, I've had two... I've had two times when I was allowed to call my older son. Um, but even at the end of those conversations, he said, don't call me again. Okay. So how long has it been since you have been without your family? Well, since March 11th. Well, I mean, officially March 11th was the day I, of 2012. Was so eight, uh, eight, eight years ago. Um, yeah, almost I, nine years now. Right, right. And how much time did you get in prison? I was supposed to spend 85% of seven years, which happens so to you be, got seven years. I, but I'm supposed to spend 85%, which is five years, 11 and a half months. I actually ended up spending over eight years in prison because of the laws of the laws and the regulations. So you were sentenced to seven, but you served over eight? Yes. Okay. And right now you're on parole? That's correct. And how long is the parole? Can go, it's from three years to life, which means they have the authority to keep me on parole for the rest of my life. Okay, so it's reevaluated at the end of three years. Yes. All right. If I ask, so I think I think I have to ask in order for it to be reevaluated. Re I don't think they will do it automatically. And so, for, as a result of this child sexual abuse within the family, you lost your home, right? Well, we sold my wife and I. I was kicked out of the house, if that's what you mean. We eventually sold it and split the profits in accordance with the divorce decree. Mm -hmm. So you lost, well, you sold the home. You, your marriage, you got divorced. You have no contact with any family. And you spent over eight years in prison. Now you're on parole. And did and it's you... Just, it's just like being in prison, but without the walls and the uh, guards around in this, in uh, my, okay. in this situation. So how was your prison time? What was that like? <laughs> well, I, 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 and I'm not saying this flippantly, but it's, it's a little bit of, it's obviously not true. So I don't know what it is. Um, I felt like I did. I died on December, on March 11th. 2012. So I was walking dead while I was in prison. I slept most of the time, both at night and during the day, watched a lot of television. Read, Did read. you have any trouble from any of the other inmates? In the first prison I was at, which is the closest one of the three that I was in, 
closest to Chicago, um, I had a lot of ver verbal abuse. I and everybody else who was in on a sex offense. Um, I was told like what? I was. Oh, I, I I can't remember. Just saying bad th things that were meant to make me feel bad. Uh, I was told, okay. however, that many of the people who were doing that were also in on sex offenses. Um, so I don't know what that means, if anything. The last prison I was in was farther south in, uh, in Illinois, and um, we didn't have much problems with taunting of prisoners. I often felt uh -huh. that guards treated us Badly. I don't want. I don't know what I mean by badly, other than they didn't talk to us like human beings. But it wasn't as bad as other prisons that I was in. And then, okay. So now that you're out and you're on parole, are you mandated to go to sex offender counseling? Yes, that hasn't started yet, but yes. Okay, so you'll do the counseling, and how long does that last? How long is that ordered for? until the counselor and the prison system decides that I've had enough. I don't know if that means that they have to think I'm cured or not, because Do I you know think there I, is a cure. I, I don't know what it is. If there's not a cure, then what are they hoping to do, get out of counseling? Well, there isn't a cure and people, you know, there's controversy around that, but from my professional experience, there isn't a cure because this is a disease of the brain. Well, and I, it I, is believe, a disease. I believe that if you define cure as never think this way again, then there is no cure. But if you define mm -hmm. the word cure to mean you'll never do it again, then I believe there's a cure. Now, not everybody, you, I also believe that not everybody can be cured, but I know. Do I, you think you're cured? I think I am cured from ever doing it again. Am I cured from How? overthinking? How? I just know I'll never do it again. And I'm willing to put up $50,000 that as a bond, if I'm ever accused of, of uh, molesting a child again, uh, the 50000 bond can be donated to some charitable organization. So if you had access to your granddaughter, the older one that you had more of a loving feeling toward, and she was to sleep over or move in with you, could you guarantee that you would not touch her sexually? I, I can say it. Can I prove it? No. No, but First do you all, think you the, the, the would logic, or wouldn't? Wait a minute. The logic behind that is that she's not the same person she was back then, physically or mentally. Okay. So what does so, that mean for you? I don't think it would be as enticing to me to do it. Um, and I can obviously say that even if it is enticing to do it, I am smart enough to know that I can control myself and not do it. Okay. Now, and I also know it'll never happen because they'll never let, I mean, she's now 17, I think. Um, well, what if, what if you live next door to another eight-year-old that was physically pretty and developed right. I honestly, a relationship. I honestly believe that I know that the damage that 
has been done both to me and to them would keep me from doing it again. Wouldn't stop me, may not stop me from thinking about it. But in my mind, there's a difference between thinking about it and doing it, just like. Yeah, in the law of mind, there is as well. Yeah, you don't get arrested for thinking things, but you do get arrested for doing things. So what, just to close up, what damage do you think your granddaughters have endured as a result of the sexual molestation? And you put it in an appropriate way because you didn't say, what do I think is the damage that I have done? Um, I, the young one, I have no idea. I mean, I can't think or imagine and haven't heard anything, whereas I've heard a few things about my older granddaughter. Um, I have heard that she has developed PTSD. Um, I have heard that she is doing very, she has been doing very poorly in school or was doing poorly in school in the beginning and is going to a special school, which by the way, I am paying for. Um, and the family must be, I'm surprised that the, the girls haven't left my sons. Um, but I don't you mean their wives. Pardon? Do you mean their wives? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, so you agree that there's been damage. Oh. You don't necessarily agree that it's from your actions. Well, it stems. It, I definitely no. I, I definitely agree that it stems from my actions, whether it's directly as a result of my actions or whether there's something in the middle that ca helped cause this. That's what I'm not convinced of. Mm -hmm. Okay, I will, I will say to the people that are listening to this, don't assume nothing's happening because as has been pointed out, it's done under the guise of normalcy. Mm -hmm. I also honestly, honestly, honestly did not know that what I did was illegal. Uh, I never thought I would go to prison on this. Oh, excuse me. I never even thought about it. I didn't ever have a thought, oh, it's just going to throw me in prison because I was so sure it was not illegal. Well, touching. But did you ever have illegal. a thought? Touching is illegal. But it, I did you ever know. have a thought about the damage that it would cause your granddaughters? I did have thoughts that it could, and I put that out of my mind in order to rationalize away the keeping of, and doing of it. Uh -huh. Well, I really appreciate you being open and honest with uh, this interview because I think this will help people hear from, directly from someone who has been the perpetrator of sexual abuse and to hear the thought process. Um, the one thing I want to ask before we end that I know people are going to want to know, and hopefully this won't disconnect so we don't have to make a part three. I think we have four minutes. Were you sexually abused as a child? To the best of my recollection, no. 
And again, okay. I, answer, I, I really want to say no, but I recognize that there are things that people are able to, um, to uh, uh-huh. bury. Um, and there are things like you did to your granddaughters that people don't recognize are sexual abuse well, that's, when it's happening. Unfortunately, I think that the people that really need to hear this podcast aren't going to listen to it. Um, You're probably right, but you know what? You you were the grandpa. Like, it's not always. There are people that listen to these things that either have thoughts of it or have done it and not been caught, or have grandparents or parents. So it's very helpful for any listener, um, even if you're not on either side. Which a lot of society falls on either side. Either they've mm-hmm. been victimized. Their perpetrators never been caught. They have had thoughts of it. So I think it's very helpful for anyone to listen. It might hit them on a different level, but I, I just,